Welcome back, I'm Kim Bailey, she's for the Honor Osborne, and this is Inside Exec. Today we're going to explore what is knowledge transfer. Now in a previous podcast we've talked about knowledge management, so today knowledge transfer. Now knowledge transfer, as opposed to knowledge management, knowledge transfer is where you are looking at transferring knowledge and information either within the organization from one person who or a group of people who may be holding that information or have developed that that knowledge and that information within the organization to another group or person or looking at not losing that knowledge and having it transferred outside the organization when a person leaves I think if we look first of all at the transference within the organization and how that gets communicated and where you see a need for it to be done, where you identify that these things need to be done. Knowledge transfer within an organisation, I think, is perhaps something that we either ignore or we think is going to happen of its own accord or we actively try to stop because it changes the positioning and the power of the people who are holding that knowledge or that information. Now the last one is probably the most dangerous and I think that in my experience I've seen it across the board, not just in organisations small and large, I've seen it in voluntary organisations, I've seen it in recreational groups, I think it even happens in families. We might look at that one lastly, but let's look first of all at the knowledge transfer within an organisation where you have a team or a person who has developed knowledge and information that would be of benefit and relevance to others within the organisation or within the team in which they're working. So the first thing that you need to do is identify what that knowledge is and and how that can be useful. Without it being too clinical an activity, I think that as a good manager, as a good supervisor, you can observe your team and you start to get a feeling for what individual team members understand, what knowledge they carry with them, what knowledge or what information or what characteristics they will use automatically because it's some sort of inbuilt activity or knowledge that they've developed that they don't even necessarily recognise themselves. So the first step, I think, is recognition, and it's positive recognition that the information, the knowledge that has been developed is of value, is worthwhile and is important to the organisation and to the team. With that knowledge and recognition, sometimes come what I see is as a positive and negative. So because the person is now recognised for being in the organisation a long time, have a lot of respect, understand a particular section of the organisation intimately, that person is praised publicly that person is then included on every project so that they can cover that area. Now, that's the recognition part of it is fantastic, it's good, but the bit about them putting them on every project is actually draining and overusing that person. They become the subject matter expert. Now, everybody will look to them, which is respect. Sometimes it's tempting for the subject matter expert to wanting to hold on to that title and be the only one with that title and therefore, you know, happy to, you know, be the martyr if you like and work really hard, but at the same time doesn't want to divulge or pass that information on to someone else. 
In that case, the way to avoid that and still recognize the person, respect them and reward them is to recognize that in the performance management process, which is something we covered in other podcasts. And what I'm referring to here is to say one of the goals or things that you need to achieve is to do a succession plan. And that is train other one, two, three people, whoever, whatever is appropriate to learn from the knowledge you have and be able to be in a position to hold the fort initially in the short term and ultimately in the long term. So you have more than one person sharing the knowledge that's been built up over a number of years as well as able to step in the shoes should that person all of a sudden won the lottery and decided to go and um, have a great life instead of working. I think all of us have been in the situation where we've joined an organisation in the junior ranks and we've looked at those that are in the senior positions and we thought, we'll never get there. Where is our career path? We'll never be able to have those positions. How? Or we've thought, how long will I have to stay in this organisation before I can move to this position or I can do this or I can do that? And oftentimes our information and our knowledge that we bring with us to an, an organisation is overlooked in terms of assimilating us into the processes of that organisation. If, on the other hand, you have an organisation where succession planning is the basis for maintaining a good workforce, then you will always have people who are keen to work for you and with you because they see that there's an opportunity for them to develop, there's an opportunity for them to contribute, there's a range of things and ways that they can look at their careers rather than just a very narrow path of I have to learn all of this before I can move up to the next level. I think that the succession planning is the best way to set about having an organisation that encourages knowledge transfer because succession planning is all about knowledge transfer. It's all about recognising the knowledge, transferring it as broadly as is possible. But I think that where you don't have that and where you do have the subject experts that come to love the idea that they are the subject expert, you start to foster an organisation that gets a bit stultified, that doesn't move with the times necessarily because you've got someone who isn't taking on new ideas or new ways of doing things, that they can be quite destructive in not taking on new technology, new ideas, new new knowledge in that sense. And so the, the transfer of knowledge from outside the organisation to within the organisation to improve the way the organisation is working is also not happening. So when we're not looking just at the subject expert doing the knowledge transfer, but we're also looking at knowledge transferring into an organisation so that it can improve its processes and improve what it's doing. Now in a previous podcast we heard Matt Wenberg talking about being a young supervisor with much older and more experienced team under his management and how difficult that was to move people into a new framework and and to manage them. That was in an industry where knowledge was king and, and, and that is the case for a lot of industries but knowledge and information and experience was what was making these people experts and to manage them and and harness that knowledge and have it transferred even within the team 
was difficult because these people held on to that knowledge as a basis for who they were and how important they were to the team and what they contributed in their work day. And to, to disseminate that knowledge, to share it, to transfer it, would somehow mean that they were dispensable, that they were not as important. And so there's all a whole range of people management issues that come into being when you have to look at how you can transfer that knowledge, even when it's just within the team. Sometimes there's a reluctance on utilising knowledge of a person or a group that been there a while. And usually the fear is that the new people, usually new to the organisation or to the workforce, come up with an idea that sounds very bright and exciting. And in their enthusiasm, they didn't think anybody thought of it before. They also think, if I ask these guys, I know they tried it before, I know it didn't work, I don't want to hear that because they're being negative. I think that is a bit short-sighted because I think it's very, very important to listen, even if you really, really believe that. For example, if you say, we tried this initiative and it didn't work, what you really want to know is not full stop after that. You want to know, could you please walk me through the initiative so you can see what are those steps and what, sorry, what was involved. Look at why it didn't work. It might have been the idea was extremely sound. It just was too early. Maybe it didn't work because you didn't have the right technology. Maybe it didn't work, whatever the reason. So you really need to get that knowledge. That knowledge transfer is vital, whether it's telling you what you want to hear or what you don't want to hear. And if you're smart enough, you will use that to make sure your new broad idea will work, learning from that experience. So that's knowledge transfer within the team and also knowledge transfer when it's coming from outside the organisation to help you within the organisation. Knowledge transfer can also occur when you are looking at losing someone, when someone's leaving the organisation and this can either be a managed knowledge transfer or a lost opportunity for knowledge transfer. What we have to acknowledge before we even start to talk about it is that that knowledge that is carried by that person is going to transfer out of your organisation regardless of what you do or how you handle the situation. So that, first of all, you have to recognise. And you also, I think, have to do a risk assessment on that, on knowing that, on knowing what is going to happen, what are the likely scenarios with this person leaving with this knowledge, with this information, and you can have as many signed agreements as can be printed, and that will not safeguard you from some risk in this situation unless you manage it as well as have the written agreement of people when they're leaving an organisation. So obviously the first part to that is confidential information and I think we need to acknowledge that responsible people who are working for us or with us are not going to divulge confidential information unless that is something that they would do regardless of what sort of management system you had in place. So we won't talk about that side of things. What we want to talk about is managing the knowledge transfer before these people leave in a timely fashion, in an appropriate fashion, and in a way that matches that person's expectations of their worth for the organisation and what they're imparting 
as they leave the organisation along with what you can do with that knowledge when it is transferred to you for use within the organisation after this person has gone. It's best not to wait, obviously, till the person is leaving because, as Kim said, sometimes you have no control over that. The person decides to leave. Sometimes it's organisational structure change or whatever. The idea here is to make sure that it's not left for people's memory and knowledge and when they share it, when they feel like it. It's to have things documented. So to have things documented as whether it's a process, it's a procedure, it's a method, it's a case study, whatever it may be. So that's the knowledge transfer happening all the time and it is, becomes part of the knowledge system. But if you wait till the end or something happens towards the end, a lot of people refer to it as, oh, we better do a brain dump on her, on him. You know, we've got all this knowledge running out the door. Well, then don't wait till that. Be proactive. Make sure mm -hmm. that you do that reward people that will contribute in making sure everything is kept up to date as part of their performance and reward recognition. I have a wonderful client who uses the phrase, never ask me if I, I can pick his brain, because he says, if you're picking my brain, you're picking my pocket. And I think that that's reasonably appropriate for this situation as well. If you leave it till the last minute and then decide that you have to get all of this information out of this person, what sort of a message are you giving them about their relative worth in the time that they've spent with your organisation? Whereas if it's part of the system within the organisation to obtain all of this knowledge as it's being learned and developed, then the leaving is not such an issue. It's just a matter of, oh, there are these other things that have happened in the last week or there's just these few things that I've thought of in terms of this client or that client that never got written down because they're not, they don't really fit into the framework of how re we record things, but they're interesting to note anyway. And it's things like you might have a CRM system, a, a, a customer relationship management system that requires you to enter birth dates of your customers. And that's a, a blanket system that's used across the board in the organisation. So every year on the birthday the organisation sends out some sort of greeting to the, the client on their birthday. And in the course of dealing with particular clients, you might have someone in the organisation who realises that this person doesn't like to be reminded about their birthdays. And they've never actually said anything particularly about getting the, the notification from the organisation. It's just that, you know, it might be an aside comment of, you sent me that birthday greeting yet again. And it might only be that, and it's not something that you record in the system because there's no facility for recording it, but it is something, some knowledge that has been developed about this particular client that should be recorded somewhere or should be transferred somewhere so that the management of that client is not, doesn't have a niggling irritation once every year. In that situation, I do deal with an organisation that sends out something every year on their birthday, but they don't send out a greeting so much as they send out a gift card. And I use it every year, and I think it's a really good system because they're giving me something, obviously to encourage me to spend more at the same time, but it's not a big deal. It doesn't come with the flowery birthday card. It doesn't come with anything that specifically reminds me about a birthday. It just says, we value your time and we appreciate that you've stayed with us for another year and, and so they're talking about their anniversary rather than mine even though I know it, it comes up in my birthday month 
And so here's a gift card for you to spend on our behalf. And I appreciate that. Whereas if they sent me a birthday card that was a birthday card that said, happy birthday, you know, another year gone, I would be less inclined to use it because the thing that remains with me is a reminder of the birthday rather than the reminder of me being a valued customer. Again, it's just about that knowledge management of my preferred contact in that situation. But had my the person that I deal with directly in the organisation knows that that's how I feel, then the transfer of the knowledge of how I feel about that situation should be passed on, should be transferred to whoever looks after me after that person goes. With knowledge sharing, I think it, it pays to be generous. So, for example, you read some information about a news item or you heard something or you found it on Google, whatever. At the team meeting or when you engage with the, the people that will be interested in that, volunteer it. Don't assume, well, I looked it up, they can look it up, why, can't, why do I give it to them? The beauty of you sharing something like that will expand your knowledge and have a lot more input by the bigger group. So, for example, you would say, I heard that company ABC is doing that. I was wondering if we could use part of that and then modify it for us. Then you start thinking, you start developing on that idea rather than to just say, I know it, I'm not sharing it, you know, like I've done all the work, why should I share it? And then in the end, if the idea comes through, you're scared that you're not singly um, recognised for it. I think if you keep doing it and exhibiting those behaviours, it encourages others to, to be the same. There'll always be some who are less inclined to be generous like that, but overall you will get recognised and you will end up um, learning more and achieving more by getting the knowledge, sharing the knowledge and then building on it. In that sense, we can look at these podcasts as our opportunity to do some knowledge sharing. And we have been criticised by individuals with whom we work that we are in some way belittling the relationship that we have with them by making this knowledge available to a much broader audience than those people individually in particular. And it's been an interesting reaction for us to deal with because we, naturally enough, thought that this was a good idea and that sharing our knowledge would be of use to a, a broader audience than we could physically manage individually. And so this was the best framework for us to work with. But to have that, in essence, criticism of what we're doing because of how it relates to those people was... Interesting, I guess, <laughs> for us to deal with. <laughs> um, we didn't take any notice of them. We're still going to do it, but uh, it, it was interesting. <laughs> Which is no surprise when you know our both personalities. The other thing is actually this has opened up a whole lot of new doors because traditionally we would have been maybe differently but in, in certain groups. Here there are groups in sports, young people in sports, that I wouldn't personally, Kim might, but I personally might not have had the opportunity to help or interact with or learn from. Likewise, the MBA student group, that's been overwhelming. When I'm in my case, I normally work more around the senior execs, so there's a lot more <laughs> across the border. And I really think this has been very rewarding. And that's because, as Kim said, 
we wanted to share our knowledge the other people's perception of it and what they thought. I've been, it's been said to me, there's comments, not so nice comments made about the fact that, that we not charging is a problem <laughs> and that's not normal and etc, etc. That's not the point. The point is, is that we're sharing a knowledge. We certainly seem to be helping more people than we could ever do, as Kim said, uh, individually or face-to-face -face, and therefore we're getting just as much out of it as hopefully others are receiving. And I think what we're finding, and I would hope that that would be the case when you start to work with knowledge transfer and knowledge sharing in your own environment, is that we're finding that we've got far more knowledge than we thought we had. And it's actually an opportunity for us to recognise how much knowledge we've got. So if you can foster an environment where when you do the knowledge transfer and the knowledge sharing, the person providing that sharing and transfer gets to recognise how much they do know and appreciate that for its own sake, then the whole process is going to be much more positive. When people talk about knowledge is power, I would like to say it's a much more powerful tool if you use it and share it. Knowledge that you keep with you is just a waste. We might finish on that very philosophical note. It's the afternoon, so you know she's fading down, or white, I should say. She's winding down for the evening, so we're moving into philosophy. So that's probably just enough of Fuliana philosophy for today. <laughs> I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec. <laughs>